0: We are Wrestling The Latest. I'm your co-host Chris Scott Moore, joined as always our returning champion Alex Gibson.
1: Thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, you guys held it down while I was gone, but I missed hearing my voice when I listened back to the episode.
0: <laughs> and joining us as always is Sean Studley Nash. How's it going, buddy?
2: Good to be back. Good to have Alex back and uh, what a what a world wrestling is in right now.
0: Yeah, it's been another case of 2022. As you can just say. So we're gonna go over that in a moment. Uh before that, though, I just want to remind everyone if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, please give us a five-star review and subscribe. Please share the podcast with any of your friends within the internet wrestling community. Uh, and also visit our website at wrestlingelitist.com. We just celebrated our one-year anniversary last week. So it was very exciting uh to celebrate that. Put up a post about uh how we got this thing kicked off and the thought process behind it and it was nice to celebrate uh, a year with these two gentlemen uh, you'll see on there also our reviews for clash the castle and then eventually all out which we'll talk about and discuss tonight and you can also follow us at wrestling latest podcast on twitter and instagram so sean for anyone who's new what's the format
2: of this uh this little this little thing here Well, this week, you know, we're going to have to start with the the biggest news of the weekend and then break down all our matches, moments, cringes and what we're looking forward to in the coming weeks and some some extra topics to to leave you off with. Because a lot went down this week, so there's probably things
0: that we're forgetting and we totally overlooked. So apologize for that. We may have to put it into the next episode next week. But Alex, do you want to start us off?
1: Yeah, this could easily be the cringe of the week for me because it's now two true AEW pay per views. I'm not going to count Forbidden Door in there since I was a joint pay per view, but the two standard AEW pay per views in a row that have been somewhat ruined by outside controversy with the talent. So back at Double or Nothing, there was the whole "Is MJF leaving? What's going on?" type of a issue going on that kind of overshadowed the uh, the Wardlow win over MJF, and now we get. CM Punk in the post-match uh, scrum after All Out this year, really just kind of laying into everything that's been going on rumor-wise about him with Colt Cabana and you know rumors that maybe it was Hangman Page who had leaked some of the stuff about their relationship and potentially being the reason why Colt Cabana did not get renewed with AEW. He eventually did end up in ROH, but Supposedly, that was due to the EVPs advocating for him to be there, not necessarily because Tony wanted to re-sign him originally. Um, I thought that it was just embarrassing, to be honest. I'm of the mind that that should be handled behind closed doors, first of all. I understand where Punk is coming from in the sense that you know, if these rumors are coming out, then that's a perception that's out on him. But I think he comes out of this looking a thousand times worse than he ever was looking prior to this and he i think the the way that he acted it kind of felt like everything he's talked about hating in his career these these stars that think they're above everything else that um you know just that are you know they they don't care about the product they don't care about the company that's what i felt about punk in that moment and as somebody who really was kind of falling out of wrestling when, but when AEW was formed and and really that re-energized me, it's really, really hard to not get upset at the idea of this potentially tearing apart the foundation of AEW and the, you know, with the founders and, and all the drama that's come along with it. I don't know if you guys have any initial thoughts based off of that too.
0: Uh, I, my just initial thought was like, what did he think he was going to get out of this? Like, did you yeah. think this was going to be like, okay, I'll see you on Wednesday. I'm going to wrestle powerhouse Hobbs. <laughs> Just like, <don't>, like, <laughs> what the fuck was he thinking? Um, I, I, I I, don't understand where uh, to go that hard. Like I get where he's coming from and I understand the frustrations. And we'll, as we discuss this, we'll kind of talk about some of the things that he mentioned and then play maybe devil's advocate or counterpoint to it. But we'll get to that in a moment. Sean, was there anything else that you felt like was like, okay, your first impression or, um, just what was your in- instant gut reaction to watching this
2: unfold? No, yeah, you guys said it great. Uh, I just can't believe just that quickly that all that came out with just the kind of the question of are you friends with Colt Cabana or whatever the hell, all that just – It wasn't even a question. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, it, yeah so he brought it up. up on his
2: own. Yeah, it was so pent up and so easy for him just to, to shoot out. It must have been stewing and just brewing in there for obviously the – 14 years, they haven't been friends, you say, and now it's just oh,
1: wild. You know, to me, it just comes off as now retroactively, and maybe this is my own bias, but maybe WWE wasn't as much of the bad guy in the ending of their relationship as it came off as like- Makes you think. that It was just so, so, the, the way that he did it was such a crazy heavy way to do what he did in that scrum like just completely nuking the bridge it it blew my mind like to the point where there's a part of me that feels like it has to be a work because it's so insane not to be but i don't believe it is I, yeah. I will go on record i i think if you listen back to the episodes i for the most part this whole time with mjf was always on the side of work even if it was 51% thinking work and 49% of me thinking uh not a work right like but this, I, I don't see how it is because it makes your company look so bad with all the rumors that are already going on about talent not getting along. And I just don't really see the value in it um, being a work shoot or anything like that at this point. So I, I don't know. It, it's I was so excited when Punk came back a year ago. And now I'm going to be honest, I if he went away, I wouldn't be sad.
2: On on first reaction too, I the first listen I had of this was awful audio, just wasn't linked up with his mouth movements, and I'm like, oh, this is an awful deep fake, and just wow, <laughs> someone's really going for it. But then just they kept coming and coming, and found better videos, and just.
0: Of which you got to see Tony's face reacting to some of this. And we'll talk about Tony in a minute, because I think he's it's his own separate conversation with him because he didn't come out of this looking roses either. He looked horrible, maybe even almost as bad as punk in its own way. But let's start with punk. So uh, first thing that I kind of agreed with, or at least I could see his point is he had a whole thing ready to go about knowing your sources with wrestling journalists. That's totally valid. Yeah. And the way that he went into that, he had a whole pre thing kind of set up. And then he even mentioned to the one guy, well, you botched my spot there. But it just like went into his own thing. Um, I think that's very valid. I think there should be sources uh, for who you're quoting. It's one of the reasons why, granted, we don't have access. But let's say our podcast and our website did blow up. I would want to do it like the way that you see uh, on Wrestling Observer or Fightful Select or even any of those because they don't oh. cite sources. And I think to have credibility now, you have to have sources because no one believes it and everyone bullshit. thinks it's bullshit or only one side of the story. So they are going to be probably scrambling on some of this stuff. And he had a right to say, you're only getting one side of the story. Now he could totally be in the wrong if he didn't want to comment or never wanted to clarify his point or stance or anything like that and didn't respond to them reaching out. I can understand of like, well, you know, you didn't squash it yourself, but that's one thing. Um, The, the Colt Cabana stuff, it's sad and uh, it's, I agree with the whole proposition of like, why the fuck are we getting in this worked up about a guy who's uh, b B-roll footage essentially right now? Like it's, it's so this should not be an issue and I can understand him coming with that point too. Um, But all this could have been handled backstage and uh, in front of the cameras.
1: Yeah. I think, I think part of the problem with that, which I agree in, in principle, I think that the problem there though is Colt, is so close to so many people that were founding members of AEW that if it was anybody else, if it was John Silver that he had this problem with or you know somebody else, then I think that you could potentially make that case. But I, I think that it's too hard for them to remove their actual feelings for the person that Colt Cabana is outside of uh, AEW or outside of wrestling. And, and really, Colt, if you look back, you know, as much as the Bucks and Cody are founders of AEW, Colt was the person who really revolutionized the using Internet to sell your T-shirts and yeah. using, you know, utilizing PWTs. So he is a big, a big factor in the fact that AEW exists today because he helped create a revenue stream for wrestlers that was a lot that allowed them to build outside of WWE.
0: Yeah. My, my, my point with him is that he was already going to be he was already banished. He was not, you know, he wasn't the, cult, the the cause of it. He was already behind the scenes and gone um, or yeah. relatively gone. Yeah. He was not sure. main eventing the pay-per-view and then he pissed someone off and then he got relegated to, you know, the D league.
1: Yeah. And to that point, he wrestled four matches last year. So in 2021, he wrestled four matches on television. One of them was before punk came. Three of them were after. So that, that, points to the fact that it wasn't like he was being crazy used before and then not after. It was actually the reverse. And then he went off and uh, filmed Young Rock. So he was a part of that, which was in Australia, Sean, the homeland. And <laughs> and so he's been away for other things. So,
0: yeah. All right. So let's go into the EVPs and then we'll go back to Punk because there's still more to talk about him. But if, they're, if if they were responsible for leaking information to Meltzer, or whomever else, I totally think it's justified to have them lose their titles, EVP titles, not the tag titles. That like, who cares? But like the EVP <laughs> yeah. titles, like yeah, th- that totally. should be fucking yeah. gone. Um, there should be a rule of not talking to Meltzer and not talking to Alvarez and not talking to SRS or whomever. Right. Um. Even though they've done good work in the past, and w- whatever your opinions of them and what we think of them vary, but uh if you're a executive within AEW, you shouldn't be
2: talking to him.
0: That's just my opinion, especially about gossip
2: and dirt. No, totally. It just seems kind of you're fostering your own narrative. You're feeding, feeding the rats to, to tell your story. And just this whole wrestling journalist thing has just become kind of dirty to me entirely.
1: Yep. I, I I fully agree. I think, I think it's cowardice anyways, to not just go and approach while punk, while what I believe punk did is completely wrong, I think going through back channels to get your narrative out there is just as bad, right? Yeah. The only problem is we know that punk did it. We don't until until someone reveals their sources or there's some sort of a leak. We don't know that that was the EVPs or sure. or something like that. We can guess, and and I think it's probably a pretty good guess that any anything that Dave has especially comes from them or mm-hmm. somebody close to them. But I would agree. I think that, and then I think also like from anybody who's not an EVP Moxley, obviously he would be able to get away with it. I don't think he cares about any of this stuff, but anybody who's, who's not a top star, I would let him go to be honest. If you're going to yeah, do this, it's the whole totally. idea of loose lips sink ships, right? You, you can't, you can't be doing that and going into business for yourself, putting that out there because it, all it does is create, these types of problems. And also, um, you know, we've talked about it. Like we don't want to be a news site. I would quit the podcast before I became a news, like before I became like a rumor dirt sheet type of a thing.
2: That's just the lowest of
1: the low. And we're seeing these people ruin my favorite type of, my favorite wrestling show right now. It's being ruined by these journalists that are putting out content, but they're not willing to cite their sources. And we know that some of this stuff is probably not true, but also some of it is. And it's a, it's a problem.
0: Yeah, it's a big problem. Um, All right, let's go back to CM Punk. So, uh, one of the things that I did find awesome about this whole thing is the fact that he's drinking seltzers and then he's eating the muffins throughout the whole
2: time. He's just yeah. killing it. Yeah. If they don't have
0: like Adam Pierce or whoever authority figure on WWE eating like a muffin next week. I don't know what's wrong with them. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a missed opportunity there for a layup or just a dunk on him. Um, okay. So other things that I thought were funny about this whole thing are just crazy. Uh, he cut off Tony a lot in this. And one of the things that he cut him off, at, he Tony was making a point about the Forbes interview or should have clarifying something. And he cuts him off and cuts him off. And he goes, I'm trying and punk says, I'm trying to run a fucking business. And that was like, God, that was an interesting 40 slip that he sees himself as running the business, not Tony. And he's just standing there with a goofy look on his face, struggling to drink out of a water bottle.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tony Tony kind of bows down to Punk a little bit it seems like and and maybe it's cuz it's one of his heroes, but I think that uh it'd be interesting it'll be interesting to see the, the downfall of this because or I guess the outcome of all this because if it does lead to pe- more people leaving or more problems like man, they say don't meet your heroes, also don't hire them.
0: Yeah. Uh, cuz I can I can appreciate the EVP side and feeling, wow, like you're just sitting there nodding and laughing or agreeing when he's just burying one of your other employees. Like, granted, like he may hate Cole Caban and everything like that, but that's still one of his employees, and uh, he's just letting another employee bury him publicly in such a humiliating fashion, and he's just nodding. The same with yeah. the Young Buck stuff; he's just kind of nodding there. So they're going to feel like you betrayed my trust. Now, if there is there jealousy. I would assume so. Maybe that's why this is coming out. Granted, I haven't talked to them, but I would assume maybe that's how they they feel threatened or something by him coming in. Uh, They were put off by the fact that he didn't do all in back in the day, or he didn't come at various overtures to him previously. Um, I don't know where the anger is, but maybe there's a, they feel threatened. I don't know. Maybe Tony's closer to punk now. I don't know what that is, but it's, um, boy that's not going to get resolved anytime soon so i think let's go to tony Khan. what did you think of his performance or uh, how he portrayed himself during this
1: yeah i didn't think highly of it i think that i think that somebody who's a leader in that position needs to essentially stop that before it gets all as far as it did it's crazy that punk got that got everything that he wanted to out <laughs> totally. essentially yeah totally. i would have cut it off at a certain point uh, yeah, because, and, and I know that it wouldn't have gone over well with punk. I know that that would have probably then caused more issues with him, but I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm wrong here, but I, I think that you, I'd rather lose punk than lose the entire elite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that you have to choose one or the other, but if punk, if that's, if that's enough to upset punk, that he's then going to walk or something like that. Same with the, if I, I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself, but there's rumors of, you know they think he might walk if they fire a steel after some incident that happened after that. Yeah. Then then go. We'll see you later. I, you can't be. You can't let anybody be that big of a star that you can't that they they're just above everything. And I I just think that Tony, from a leadership standpoint, should have stepped in and stopped that conversation way sooner. But maybe he didn't want to because at the end of the day, if they can turn this around, they can turn it into an angle. I don't know
2: the only thing that made me ever think that this was a work was the fact that someone who is the owner, the financial backer of all of this didn't put a stop to it. I mean, uh, hindsight's 2020. Now we can see how bad this haul has kind of resulted, but in the moment, I don't think he should have thought that this was a good idea. And it just felt weird that he just sat there and nodded his head just over and over.
0: Yeah. And before we get to the whole fight post scrum afterwards, um, it just doesn't look good. Like I get reality based storylines are attractive and it makes hardcore fans get interested and you go, I want to know what happens. And these guys really hate each other, but this just looked like an embarrassing mess of Punk looking very hypocritical, even though some of the things he said were funny. They couldn't run a fucking target. Uh, they could not like this isn't this isn't uh, California or whatever the hell he referenced their hometown. Um, don't step on their, your dick with the top baby face. Well, but you're humiliating the other top baby face right now. Like there's just things in it that were very hypocritical. But um, it looked like a drama filled mess. And if that's the perception that this company, everyone hates each other, and there's so many wild egos. And it's a wild, wild west and they get to do whatever the hell they want and take advantage of a money mark. Why would you let yourself be portrayed this way? Um, I don't get that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it just I think it would it, just on the punk burying a top baby face. Like how if you're supposed to be the top baby face in this, assuming this once again, that this is completely real. How do you look like a baby face after that? Those comments you called a, a fan a fat piece of shit, essentially on the dynamite before because he oh, chanted yeah. Colt Cabana's did, name. Like, how are you, how are you this sensitive, man? Like, I just don't get it, but yeah, but yeah, Tony, I think it doesn't come out looking like a great leader in this. And maybe there's something to be said, not about a lot of things of, of that we've heard about Vince, especially recently, but there's a reason that people were kind of afraid to cross him or, Uh, upset him come to him with ideas and everything like that maybe tony needs to be a little bit more uh, less approachable and and less these guys friend
0: or is he approachable yeah who knows Mm -hmm. maybe this could have been squashed if he was there i mean i don't know what's going on so uh anyways just an embarrassing moment um he tony was also trying to push the idea of reality-based storylines and Montreal a couple of times on the lead up to the show itself and I don't think you can do reality based wrestling with this group of people because like you mentioned some of them are so goddamn thin-skinned yeah I guarantee guarantee you there's probably like maybe a year from now someone on the roster is going to look at one of our Fucking star ratings for a second show on or second match on Rampage and be pissed that we gave it two stars. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, we'll never fucking to talk climb. to you again. Yeah, it's like, okay. It's like, you really well, thought that was a five star match? You fucking goof.
2: Come at me, Jay Cargill. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was four, <poor>, you second <laughs> shit. Like, I, I would think that would happen. These guys are so thin skinned that, like, I don't know how you can do shoot promos that aren't shoot promos. Well, and here's the shoot thing. Shoot comments that aren't shoot comments. Sorry
1: the punk stuff wasn't even that big of a deal until he took that shot at hangman in his return promo. Nobody was thinking about what he said to him back in May, because that's what everybody's been saying since he came here In all of his feuds, it's all been like, you know, punk, you don't care about us. You're just a former WWE guy that, you know, and we're here to protect AEW from you. And, Hangman said, "I don't. I don't even understand exactly what the line is that upset him about Hangman.
0: The workers' rights. He, you think about workers' rights, but like, what happens when you're behind, when the camera's
1: not on? Strizan effect, though. Like, you're yeah. making it such a bigger deal. We're, we've spent 22 minutes on this on this topic so far, <laughs> which we never even addressed prior to this. Like prior to like all all this happening since his return. Three. It was three months even between that. It's just insane to me that." Punk has this inability to just let it go, let things go, and then the the same thing on the the elite side, right? Like the sensitivity that they're showing in terms of it seems like they're jealous, they're upset that he didn't come during their you know when all out first started but was was all in was twenty eighteen, right?
0: Whatever, yeah, sure. Oh, so yeah, then, right. so then all yeah, out. So
1: then all out, I think was nineteen to nineteen, yeah. And so they were That's upset right. about both of those things. I think it's a bigger compliment to to what they've accomplished that he didn't join day one that a year later after the pandemic and everything he decided to join because at that point he said okay this is viable this is real i want to be a part of this yeah and mm-hmm. to be so defensive of having this are you afraid of are you afraid of being a great com- a rest- great wrestling company or not like i think you know in business you you always want leaders that I have that mentality of I want to hire people that are smarter than me, better than me, and eventually yeah. I could take my job, right? And you're not seeing that from these guys if, if they're this bothered by Punk getting the spotlight. So I, I think both are in the wrong, to be clear. I just hate the public way that it was done with Punk, whereas at least the EVPs, I don't know exactly what they did.
0: It's funny, too, you mentioned the thing about what they've been saying. Moxley said lacerating comments and on uh, Wednesday show like he kept saying weak mind fragile ego fragile body weak spirits and just like would refer to the fact that he's going to leave again he did the thing of like hey it just didn't work out he's not going to be here any longer anyways enjoy it while you can but sorry it just what didn't last Chicago like that yeah. shit was brutal like but then at the end at that press conference he's like oh he's fucking great <laughs> he didn't come out as good as adam cole though everyone still thinks adam cole's the biggest sweetheart in the world which is also hilarious and he's like oh i love Adam Cole." yeah (laughs) i just hope he's doing well um okay so let's go into the whole uh kerflunkle they had backstage so it's rumored that uh there's a confrontation after the after the scrum that punk had uh, hit Matt Jackson a couple times. The prettier one, yeah. And then a uh, prettier one. And then uh, Ace Steel, uh, just this new celebrity that we have in the wrestling world, Dead uh we gold, he uh, apparently threw a chair at Nick Jackson's eye and yep. then pulled Kenny Omega's hair and then bit him. Supposedly, that is all uh, alleged to be true from those who witnessed it. Uh, we don't know who anti- started it, who was the one that came in and went at each other but or who threw the first punch or threw, i don't know the first chair what made them get defensive who (laughs) threw the first uh, tooth and it was arm um but boy oh boy that's just like how the fuck do you come back from this and a lot of these guys like if it's any other company
2: they'd all be fired
1: yeah totally yeah well first of all big news for all the people who have claimed that wrestling's clearly fake because of the use of chairs and fights that yeah. has clearly been debunked. They're real, but i I think that that's been the most shocking thing. I saw a report today, which I, I'm citing a wrestling journalist after we shit on them. But <laughs> yeah, way to go, hypocrite. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there was a report that there's not expected to be any internal like suspensions or anything because of this fight. Yet, what? Uh, yet, yet, Eddie just you know push, puts his hand in and Sammy's face didn't even like punch him or slap him right. and get suspended for two weeks. I get it. There's a hierarchy of, yeah. uh, you know, talent and everything like that. But then there's also a rumor that police are involved and there might be charges filed against punk and Ace steel. So which, how do you, how do you not punish anybody here? My, my like brain of conspiracy is that they're just going to try to keep punk happy through grand slam Have MJF take the belt off of him and then they'll handle it because they're afraid of any sort of, you know, walking out or anything like that. That'll kind of ruin this program that they've been trying to build with MJF. Maybe I'm way off on that, but I feel like I feel like Tony's in a weird spot with having another huge show coming up in a couple of weeks.
0: Another huge show that's tanked by bullshit going on behind the scenes. And it's supposedly punks hurt again now, too. That was a thing I read or saw that he may have like hurt his um, feelings. Well, that too. <laughs> but his uh, peck got tore off his bone. Oh, like he got the Cody injury. That's I mean, who knows? Again, I'm citing wrestling deals. journalists, the, the, the root of all evil. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just a Jesus Christ. What an embarrassment all this shit is. If you think about how high. AEW was last year at all out that was the most joyous pay-per-view ever and you left that pay-per-view thinking like this is going to be the greatest wrestling war of all time Take triple over. h this weekend put on a great show yeah that made you feel so good about wwe when when the fuck have we said that and it just went down the pisser so quickly
1: last year Sean was puking after all out. And I don't know if it was out of happiness or alcohol. Overjoyed. Like, that was such Joy. a yeah. overjoyed, yeah. not
2: overserved. Definitely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, it's I I that's that's the most upsetting thing. A year ago, we were so excited about the possibilities of what was to come for AEW. And then to just see to see the way that it's unfolded in less than a year. You almost are, there is a part of you that's like, did Cody know something was, was he actually being smart in his decision? And this wasn't self-serving going to WWE. I still think it was more so a self-serving Cody thing, but you at least have to have the thought of maybe he knew that this, this was only going to last for so long between the EVPs and, and punk talent
0: or some, a top talent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So Tony's got a lot to do and a lot in his plate, I think. Um, Okay. Let's, let's, let's wrap this segment up with this because we talked about this topic for quite a bit of time. Um, What's the outcome? If you're in charge, if you're Tony Khan, you swallow the water, then what do you do?
1: I'll, uh, (laughs) I'll, I'll come at this (laughs) with my, with my HR brain. So my first, my first thought is you do try to smooth this thing over. You make them get in a room and if, yeah. and will we'll you try to make this happen and then and then you try to turn it into something which, you know, do I love that That like, I, I don't want them to keep doing these reality-based things. I'd rather keep things separate, but you try that and if it doesn't you've got to make a decision and I'm a believer that if somebody is your best performer but they're just destroying the locker room or they're destroying the, the, the team's morale then they're not your best player yeah. uh, and in that case I'm letting Punk walk cuz I think that I don't I just I just give him his money, just tell him to go away, have him sign an NDA or whatever you have to do. But I I think that there's more people in AEW that would would be on the side of of the EVPs and the founders and and everything like that that I I just feel like at this point Punk's going to just keep doing this. He's going to keep burning bridges, he's going to keep burying people and, and things like that. If, if he couldn't control himself in that media scrum to not say some of the things that he said in there, I just, I don't trust him yeah. and that guy's supposed to be your top guy. The, in that report that I had seen that there's not going to be anybody that's, you know, everybody's not like no suspensions or anything like that. It said, punk feels untouchable and doesn't think anything will happen to him. If you have if your ego is at that point, then you gotta go. So. My answer is you try to smooth it out, but if you can't, you stick with the EVPs on this and then you also give a stern warning though of this isn't gonna fly. And you know, if, if anybody's caught giving any feeding any information to Meltzer, S R S, any of these guys, you're done with the EVP title and probably suspended without pay too. Totally. Yeah. I'm in agreement with you there with keeping the EVPs, letting Punk walk if you
2: want, but also it comes on kind of management to set up like uh, standard operating procedures for people getting in these altercations at the back. But if you can give these, just because they're top talent, but Eddie Kingston, who's a good draw, gets two weeks banishment for, for what he did and nothing happens of this. I, I, that doesn't sit well as an employee in, in my mind. So hopefully they can work something out there. Just again, that needs to... AEW needs to work on its um, business management because it is a business at the end of the day.
1: And maybe consider actually hiring an HR person rather than just giving former wrestlers those roles. Yeah, sorry, CD
0: or Tony Schiavone. He's sweet as can be, but like, how many times has he acknowledged in podcasts like, "Yeah, I didn't really handle that well," or "I was passive (laughs) aggressive," or "I didn't really." That's the guy you're gonna have to like. Shit, what the hell is Christian doing back there? Yeah, like who has a bad thing to say about him? What about Adam Cole? Like I would get one of these guys as a mediator and hopefully try to solve something. Punk talked about mediation, even with Cole Cabana. If he was a, f- a fan of that then, let's see if he's a fan of it now. But certainly what I would do is I would strip them of the EVP title. They they, they can't be behaving this way, um, going into the locker room and doing that, even though it was completely unprofessional punk to bury him them like he did um, and humiliate them publicly. You still can't do that. Um, It's not a fight. You have to realize that this is an actual business, and it's not 1982 anymore, and you can't behave like that. But I also think maybe you do fire Punk and just say, "Okay, go. It's your it's your choice. Do you want to work this out in mediation, or do you want to go?"
1: Yeah, and I do want to. I, I mostly agree with your point there, but I want to say the reports are, if they're to be believed, Punk threw the first punch.
0: Yeah, if that's true, correct. Yeah, if he, yeah, and if he just went and. Lay the goon hand down then I, okay i get them fighting back but whole thing is sad and regrettable and it's very embarrassing and they can't handle doing reality-based storylines there's just everyone's too fucking fragile
1: yeah yeah maybe we they need to go lucha underground they need to get supernatural uh you know occupation have- gimmicks <laughs> yes make
0: punk a hockey player he loves the Blackhawks. have him do that there you go make the young bucks um hunters that shoot deer Okay. Bring the repo man back. I want to see him doing something. Where's Coco beware? Bring Virgil back as the Olive Garden uh, waiter. There's a lot of things you could do successfully. Book it. Crush their spirit and make them not want to have any creative input of their own. <laughs> just a just a solution. Just throwing it out there. Um, okay, so let's go into what we thought were our matches of the week. This is so overshadowed now, but what did you guys feel was the best match? Alex, let's start with you.
1: Yeah, in a week that's had a lot of wrestling, it still ended up being a match from Dynamite. It was the trios match to send the Elite to the finals against the Aussie Open. I will be the first one to fall on the sword and say when this podcast started and well before that, I was a longtime hater of Will Ospreay, but lately I have absolutely loved him. I'm all in on him, all in on Aussie Open. Um, I loved Kenny's intro with all the things that he's done better than will osprey i love i love their feud i actually do know of somebody who has thought that this whole thing was real like thought that when they sent the cease and desist about the the shirt that kenny that he had that looks like kenny's shirt was real and all of that stuff and i wherever you are i hope you know that that wasn't now um there was only one spot to me that somewhat hurt the match and that was that attempted um double body slam where there was yes. just so much uh help offered by Matt Jackson to get in that spot. Yeah, cooperation there. But um seeing just seeing Kenny continue to, you know, show how healthy he is, getting to see him pop that top off. I think Chris, it was you that pointed out how not tan he was. That was just kind of interesting to see like almost like he wasn't prepared for that type of a type of a thing. Um, you know, kind of just seeing Osprey continued throughout the whole time being, you know, cocky and it kind of, I feel like he, he, you just kind of, he didn't take advantage and capitalize the whole time. Like there's almost like something about that match that you felt like that could have been Osprey and Aussie opens win, but Osprey was so like, it's almost like his hatred of Omega. Sure. I felt like kind of overtook him in that, um, that crazy cutter, uh, where he caught match. Je- well, I think it was mad on the Meltzer driver. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that was incredible. Overall, just a, a great, great match. I think that, you know, as somebody who also doesn't like trios matches or thinks that we don't need a trios tag title, like, okay, you kind of sold me there. Like, if that's going to yeah. be the caliber that we get, hell yeah, uh, loved it. And, and the Bucks did did great in their other trios match this week too. So, um, great job to be able to do that on free TV too, rather than yeah. waiting for doing that on the pay per view.
0: That was also my favorite match of the week as well. I thought that was a four and three-quarter stars. Um, Everything you said, Alex, I just uh, agree wholeheartedly with you. I thought it was a fantastic match. I loved seeing Will Ospreay do his thing and really win over that crowd so much so that it put the uh, plausible deniability in my head that maybe he would be the Joker. And we'll talk about that later on. But (laughs) but, uh, that was a hell of a match. And it was the best Trios match I've ever seen.
2: Yeah. They did great. Uh they kept it rolling for me. I loved the match at uh at all out with uh the Dark Order and Hangman. Loved seeing the former former tag teams getting the, the ring together, Kenny and Hangman standing across from each other. Great moment when uh Matt Jackson like grabbed Hangman's leg on a buckshot lariat, which was like a callback to the full gear when Hangman yeah. won. Just great when he had that opportunity, but let him go off and be champion. This time not so much. With uh just how he just turned them down last time, but here he is in the finals to to go against him, but wouldn't be their partner. Just great storytelling. Would not like to see where this goes with the four original elite members in AEW.
1: Did you guys catch when, at the after the match, you could see Kenny mouthing yeah. to Hangman, you'll never beat me again? Yeah, yeah. But great. Love to see the rematch. But I enjoyed it too. Is there... Sorry, I was just going to say, Sean, was there a reason that that match stood out to you more than the Dynamite yeah. match?
2: I just wanted to have at least a nice bright spot from All Out, get some shine early on the show after <laughs> after the dark stain that was left at the end. I don't know. Fair. Chris, all right, well, let's talk thoughts?
0: about um, All Out real quick. Let's just kind of go over any, like, what were your impressions of the show itself? Um, what stood out to you? What else did you think was a good match besides the six man or the trios match?
1: Yeah, I'll just say overall thoughts. Somewhat disappointed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 the only reason I would say not disappointed was because I didn't watch it live. So that was you know, for all the of all the pay per views for me to miss of the I'm I'm okay with that. I would say one of the things that really bothered me was the Hobbs and Starks match. I've been very excited for this match for this feud. I felt like that that match should have been a showcase that creates two brand new stars. Ricky is already on the verge of that Hobbs. I think we've seen him shine in some of the stuff he's done. I thought he had a good match against punk when punk first returned, but it was just kind of, I mean, it felt like a squash essentially. It felt like the matches that they've been building up with Hobbs against, you know, for this, for this pay-per-view. So I thought it was just a, a poor showing for the two of them. Whereas it could have been a bright spot and a little bit of a, you know, here's what here's here's two guys that are next. And and unfortunately it wasn't that. I when you've got four core pay per views a year, I don't think you can afford to do these kind of first pay per view matches where they're like kind of a they kind of go one sided or it's not that great of a match because you don't have another one for another couple of months. Granted you do have Grand Slam, so maybe you can run it back then. But I think that I think that pay per view should be more often than not a final payoff, unless you have an extended feud. Mm-hmm. And this just kind of felt pointless. Why did they even bother putting it on all out? You know, that was already a huge card. You could have just taken it off at that point. So I'd say that that that's one th- problem that I had. But wh- another match that stood out for me was the tag match. Really cool to see Swerve and mm-hmm. our Glory kind of take on the heel role in that match, even though they're not heels, because everybody loves the acclaimed. So i enjoyed seeing, seeing that. Um, Chris, absolutely. I wish I could scissor you through this computer right now.
0: We're scissoring each other digitally. (laughs) How does that sound? (laughs) Uh,
1: Those shirts that they have recently come out with are just magical. I can't imagine a single person that would be comfortable wearing. I want to meet the person that's confident enough to wear that in public, but uh, I hope to see the acclaimed continue to be have a place at the top of the card from the tag team division standpoint. Maybe, maybe once ROH is kind of kicked off, you go there. But I think that those were some of the things that stood out to me also was pretty surprised to see Athena lose and and Jade continue her streak. I thought that this was where the end came. So interesting to see where that goes. Sean, did you have any thoughts?
2: Um, no. Yeah, I was disappointed as well. Um, I don't know if watching some of it after the news broke, um, after the show. Oh, okay. Did like a li- put a little marring on anything, but still, yeah. I mean, it just, everything throughout just kind of seemed like rushed through, but we st- were still ending at damn near midnight. That wasn't, uh, wasn't a fan of too many matches. Like you said, the tag team match was great. I'll talk about my opinions on that later, but, um, yeah
0: i like that there wasn't hardcore matches too though and there wasn't like a bunch of gimmick matches like they did do a couple things that were unique like there was only one match that had gratuitous blood in it um not that blood bothers me i fucking love it but i know that's a downer for some of the fan base um and yeah I, I, i starks and hobbs was a disappointment starks had that great new ring gear that was cool looking and uh, but they were kind of a victim of like, OK, Jungle Boy and Christian already did that kind of thing, or yeah. we're going to do that thing. I forget where the card the car was laid out. And then you had the feature spot of Acclaimed and Swerving Our Glory. So it's almost like they couldn't break out based on where they were at. But that's the that's the problem with having a uh, 12 matches on a show or 11 matches on a show. There's like something that just isn't going to get its due time and going to um, be kind of a weird afterthought that was kind of like, uh. Eh. So, okay, well, that was all out. Um, Hopefully, you know, we get shit in order for Grand Slam, but the way things are going right now, I don't know who the hell's going to be there. So um, let's continue on the positivity train here. Let's go to moment of the week. Alex, what was your moment of the week?
1: Now, despite the latter match being eh, uh, I did like the reveal of MJF being that joker at the end after the main event seeing him come out showing the CM Punk uh, promo from his ROH days with the uh, the devil uh, is the smartest thing he ever did was convince you that he never existed. And then revealing himself loved it. I think there was, I actually saw, so I I had seen a spoiler for the casino battle Royal match. It was the one thing that I had seen uh, when I was out on um, Sunday and there were a lot of people that were debating. They're like, that's clearly not MJF. That's not him. That's not what? him. I've seen him walk. Yeah. There were people that were saying that it was definitely Who not him. Who the fuck
0: would think that? Who I, I know. Cause that? then I went
1: back and walked, looked at it and I was like, that was definitely him. Uh, but so, so to see the reveal, not have to wait till Wednesday for it or anything like that, everything about it. I enjoyed it. Interested to see it. I think it's, kind of odd to put Stokely having like he's going to be working like the two best talkers in the company are together I don't know how that'll all work or will this be something where he just paid his goons I'm not really sure yet but I, I liked it because I was hoping that MJF would be the Joker I was hoping that you know he was coming back soon I liked the, the whole voicemail that they played of Tony Khan basically <laughs> begging him to come back I thought that that was kind of a nice touch feels weird and a little bit in retrospect after uh, CM Punk just kind of <laughs> then gave that media scrum where he just basically said like, "Whoa, Tony wasn't playing a character there. He actually does just bow down. Uh, but, <laughs> but I just, I enjoyed it. It was cool to hear this, the city of Chicago pops so hard for an MJF return when it yeah. meant that he was coming to challenge punk there. And I think that it also says a lot about the star power of MJF.
0: I, 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 knew it was mjf right from the get-go i i put this in my article too like who has that lacquered of spray tan on their wrist when they're wearing a coat only mjf would have <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it was a dead fucking giveaway um i don't know i it, it, it was like okay it's mjf why does he have like just do it now like why does he wait until the end of the show i mean i know it's the moment to culminate the whole thing but it just seems kind of goofy and Stokely Hathaway is also technically a castaway from WWE and wouldn't his character make fun of like um, uh, Big Cass? Like, wouldn't he call him Big Cass? Wouldn't he make fun of him? Like, why is that in his posse? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'm sure he's going to do a great promo to explain it, but it's just like, eh, I was like, it's, it's underwhelming for someone who is artistry was so high this year. MJF put on. Such incredible output this year that it was like, eh, it was a little bit of a disappointment. No, granted, I like that he's back, I love that he's back in the slot that he's back in, and I like the whole playing the voicemail. Um, which that no fucking way that was Tony's actual real voicemail, <laughs> just that was very succinct. Uh, I don't think that was the case, but uh, it was a cool moment at the end, like the end yes. of the show was good, yeah, yeah.
1: It, yeah the, 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 the sympathy battle, for the, the devil
0: part was like, oh, come on.
1: Yeah, the, the the it was like almost like the, the ladder match was just like a necessary a necessary evil to get to that last spot. Yeah,
0: that was the whereas, fucking totally. awful most awful ladder We're, match I've ever seen. Easily
1: whereas worse. whereas honestly, they could have just not done the ladder match and yeah. just done that exact same spot. Yeah, where mm-hmm. where he says where he's like, you know, his demand was that he got a world title shot.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Or that But it, I still enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, it was just a, it was a, it was a bold choice for that ladder match in general, but oof. okay, we'll talk about that later on. Uh, Cause I remember I was telling myself, you got to be positive about this section. So, <laughs> all right, Sean, what was your moment of the week?
2: Well, moments before MJF finally revealed himself. I just love the, that finish to the CM Punk, John Moxley match where CM Punk hits that first go to sleep and he just moxley's unconscious, unconscious body just kind of knocks off and falls right on his shoulders again. Just. Perfect camera shot, perfect yeah. little thing. You know, you know the second GTS is coming and he is he's winning in Chicago. Um just beautiful moment. Uh to a great match. Uh speaking of beautiful, what about CM
0: Punk's pants?
1: That was I that thought we're, I, we I thought were going. gonna be positive here. Yeah. You don't don't bring this up. That's, oh, it was
0: fucking great. I was so hyped for that and I didn't I didn't message you guys because I didn't want to like spoil anything Spoiler. but i also like just in hindsight if i would have been like oh my god you're not gonna believe what's happening <laughs> it was about the pants not about pants. everything that happened <laughs> uh, i would was those, so uh, into those i was like that's awesome i was so happy when i saw that and i knew how much you both hated it <laughs> he had to bring out those
2: old white uh roh shorts that he wore against the, in that dog collar match with mjf that would have been so much
1: better yeah, yeah you know what white. I would actually, I want to go back earlier. You asked what I would do if I was Tony Khan. Part of it would be you're never wearing the long voice again. Yeah. So it's oh. got to go. Chopping every pants. It's either, it's either, it's either the trunks or your career. You <laughs> you choose.
0: And he had Doc <laughs> Martens on too. Like he was fucking styling and profiling, man. He was great. <laughs> Dan, how right, Chris. Doc Martens? Chris,
1: well, Chris, what was your moment of the week? Yeah, All, right, okay. let's, let's,
0: let's... All right, fine. So, okay. Mine, mine was uh D- WWE's camera work for how many years have they been doing this fucking schizophrenic cutting and just, it looks like a shitty action movie with all the camera cuts and zooms and tilts and pans and all sorts of bad production. They were very restrained at clash of the castle. There was some of it during the riddle and uh, Seth Rollins match, but the camera work was finally watchable. I didn't feel like I was going to get motion sickness watching their product. And, they did a great job of lighting that stadium and the production inside Huge. the stadium looked incredible. They did a fantastic job. I was so happy with the production and it made me go, cool. I can watch their pay-per-views again. I'm not going to watch raw. That's <laughs> suicide, but like watching their pay-per-views, I can actually stomach that.
1: Yeah. I, um, I want to say that I, I I was texting you about that show, and I was shocked at how positive I was in general. Same with you, and yeah. everything. I everything that I did see, I didn't get to see the whole thing, but my God, I, I just want to give a shout out. I, I think real quick though, to to Walter or sorry, Gunther and Sheamus. Whoa, that, that be... was an absolutely great match, especially with the lack of camera cuts like that. Yeah. I haven't enjoyed a WWE match in that in a very long time. As much as I do with that, I haven't enjoyed a Sheamus match, and since the Ever? bar broke up, oh no, I enjoyed oh. with, I enjoyed when he was with, uh, with when he was with Cesaro. Oh yeah. Also, I feel like there shouldn't be a Walter rule because they still chant Walter at uh, WWE shows, so um, I'm okay there.
2: Oof, I don't know, I don't know. But that the the whole set was beautiful. Sometimes I couldn't remember if that um, giant jumbotron they had was actual real or it was one of their fucking yeah. little. 3d animatronic things just beautiful good on them for continuing to do that
1: beautiful set beautiful show and beautiful pants by seth rollins as well
2: yes that was crazy he's a rocket
0: man it was great i loved it
1: can you can you guys imagine if there was a show where we were both positive about aew and wwe that'll be that will be fucking crazy right we were almost there but now yeah i mean i'd like to all out probably
0: more than you guys did but uh, I didn't Probably. love it as much as I actually thought. Clash of the Castle was a significantly better show, just from totally. a uh, overall standpoint. Well, not really significant, but it was it was the best WWE show they've had in since years.
2: Since I had to deal with your boomer tendencies, I couldn't get logged into your account on Peacock. So I had a I had to pay for it. Are you serious? Was, it was two dollars, well spent, and then I've I've already canceled my Peacock Go membership. Oh yeah, check your password chain. It was neither of what you told me.
0: Really? What the fuck was my password?
2: I don't it know. I was password. Well, <laughs> you try it, people. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. It's fine.
0: Oh, I feel bad now.
1: Oh, God. I'm sorry. Positive,
0: positive. Positive. Okay. Well, no, it's it's cringe time. All right, it's let's turn the
1: positives into negatives, baby. Yeah, here we go.
0: Exactly. I like that segue. All right. Go, Mr. Gibson.
1: I My cringe of the week was from the Ariel, Ariel Helwani interview with Triple H where he asks him about AEW beating NXT and Triple H going full WWE revisionist history and saying that congratulations to AEW, they beat our developmental. In 2019, <laughs> Triple H, there's multiple quotes that people have pulled where he said, NXT is not a developmental; it is a third brand. Mm-hmm. You want to know how badly they got beat? They got beaten so badly that they got moved to another day and then turned back into developmental. <laughs> That's what happened, and it just bothers me that you can't just just own it. Just say, yeah, they they did better than us in that. But we, you could even say it wasn't our flagship show. You know, what I mean, you could cite something along those lines of, but they sure. they they would never be able to beat Raw. They would never be able to beat SmackDown. But to just sit there and completely pretend that you weren't saying that they were equal products before, it, it's annoying. And also, you you went really hard at signing one of their co-founders, EVPs, and you know, in quotation stars, and made it a really big deal when he returned at WrestleMania. So clearly, it was a big show. I just hate people who can't acknowledge when they're A-beat or when they make a mistake. And to me, that just felt like, you know, it it was just say, yeah, they beat us. And, and that's <laughs> way, way different. Uh, and also, there's remember that quote early on when AEW first started beating NXT and the ratings, they go, oh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You guys fucking fell out before the marathon ended. You guys, you know what I mean? You were cramping up and you went yeah, to a different, pulled a you decided <laughs> to just run a 5K. So Ooh, that was my, that, I had a harsh. problem with that just from the, like just own it, just
2: own it. To- totally revisionist history. Spin zone. Matter of work by Triple H. Don't like to see it. Just like you said, admit it, own up to it.
0: Another be gem
2: of a journalist too that I was
0: talking back. to, by the way.
2: Oh yeah, he's had his days, hasn't he?
0: I <laughs> wish she just yelled at him though, like how Dana would just pick on him and just <laughs> humiliate him at some point. I was waiting for him just to be a dick to him. This guy just takes so much shit from promoters. <laughs>
1: Sean how about you
2: uh, My cringe on Friday afternoon I, I thought The acclaimed and swerve in my glory Match was going to swerve in our glory It was going yeah. uh, to be my smoke break Bathroom break time but That was probably my favorite Match on the show entirely When it uh, came all down to it um, Crowd was hot Just really uh, kind of amped everything up From that point of view Caster killed it on the wrap Killed it in the, in the ring Worked his ass off And we got to see a good heel match. Swerve's kind of always been the heelish tendency wrestler, and seeing Keith Lee kind of adapt to it, but then try and deflect and be the good guy at the end and scissor was was interesting. So love to see where that goes. And uh, sad that the acclaimed didn't win because they were truly loved that night.
0: I, but you know and i i put this in my article too like maybe there's money in the chase as they always say so if they delay it but they don't delay it to the point where it's like such an afterthought and it's like okay you gotta fucking wrap up the story not make it you know jericho and uh, eddie kingston kind of thing going on mm. but as long as it's a fast you know fast road to them getting the titles that's great but they yeah they looked like huge stars and it's a good thing because i was always wrong and and i i I admitted this too in the pot in in the article excuse me that i was so big on doing uh the bucks and ftr3 that it did make sense in hindsight to let these two guys have their shine and not let those two just dominate the division
1: yeah and i think that i think that there is still an, an acclaimed run with the titles down the line, but I don't, I don't think that I want them to beat swerve in our glory for it. I think swerve in our glory, they're fine. They're, they're very good tag team, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that that would have felt like a crowning moment. That wasn't enough of a feud. Exactly. they haven't been, unless, unless you were to truly turn swerve in our glory, like fully heal and have them just be menacing assholes to, you know, the acclaimed for a while. And then they overcome then, then yeah, then that makes sense. But I don't know. It just wouldn't have felt that special. It would have, I would have been excited because I'm a Max Caster guy, leader of the fan club. I've loved him since day 1, but I I just <laughs> don't think that that was the uh, the moment for them in terms of, you know, truly having having just a, a win, of their big win.
0: Swerve got hot at the at the press conference too. He was funny like post match. He was like, and, the, and and he's talking about a claim that he was like, and then they need to get rid of Daddy Ass and Billy Gunn. <laughs> 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 talking shit. Okay, so more talking shit about the ladder match. I'll just be brief on this, but I this was I think one of the worst ladder matches they've ever done, and this gimmick got killed uh, by the finish. Uh, not that it's revealed to be MJF, but just Stokely running up there and doing it, and those guys coming in to take the chip away from him um ladder matches have a rubber band reality to begin with and i just thought it was stupid of like why would you just have your stable interfere in the match from the start or just do that at some point in the match you don't have to fight you can just have someone else do the take the coin down for you um i just thought it was silly and it's going to take a long time to rehab the ladder match itself and then you had instances too that like Rouge and Andrade took forever to take their clothes off oh on the ramp God. and then come down. They had timing issues with some of the spots. Claudio had like that. He was trying to do something fucking crazy with the ladder and flip it up. And I don't know what he planned on doing with that. It was like, Holy shit. I'm glad it didn't work out because I could have been like brutal, but there is just so many botches in that match too, on top of it. And I know we're not supposed to say botches, but it just wasn't executed right. And it just wasn't off night. And the psychology of the match was really silly.
1: Yeah, it, it just wasn't a very good match, which I think part of it, too. They need to get I know I understand it started with all in. Right. But they need to drop all the casino stuff. The, oh, yeah, it, totally. It's, it's the, the battle royal that they do with the cards and the, you know, the spades come out and this. It's all so over thought but overplayed. Sometimes simple is best. And in wrestling, I think that that's especially true. Just drop that stuff. Just do a regular ladder match if you want to do a ladder match.
0: And then it's too much, Justin Roberts. Also,
1: like he any has, Justin Roberts is too much. Yeah, you,
0: you could practically like hear his eyebrow raising when he said the Joker was the winner. It was like, oh god, this guy. Get th-
1: yeah. I wish, I wish
0: Finkel was still alive, man. It sucks. I,
1: know. I do want to say we have a theory that uh, Tony might be a listener of this podcast because it feels like every time we say something or complain about it, hey, um, you know, things that we say then happen. So I just want to say, Tony, if you're out there, literally anyone else,
0: Lillian Garcia, <laughs> yeah. Tony Chimmel, Tony Chimmel. That's a great name. My first house show that I went to, he was like the host for the night. It was fucking great. Hmm. Not really, but, you know. Okay, uh, let's go into what we're anticipating for the week or weeks ahead. What's your anticipation, Alex?
1: I'm looking forward to them ruining Grand Slam. <laughs> uh, you know, I want to be excited about it and then negative once it's over because, <laughs> you know, somebody does something. I'm, I'm actually genuinely excited about it. You know, obviously it's New York, so is MJF going to get the win? He basically in his hometown. Is you know is is it even going to face Punk? I would think that that's where it happens at, um, from a timing standpoint. Big Show, um, I think that's a really cool venue. I can't wait to see it again. God, we're yes. getting a, a we're getting you know. a two hour rampage out of that as well. That's I nice. Hope that that means that it's starting at nine and not ten, but probably not. And I, I'm I honestly have no idea what most of that card is going to look like. So intrigued with what <laughs> this build looks like over the next few weeks. It's. <laughs> that's on brand for for Tony and, and the team but I, I also ultimately know that it's gonna be good excited for a big Wednesday show
0: is that soon though isn't it like in two weeks it's like
1: the 21st
2: yeah oh okay Until So a
0: little bit of time okay a
2: couple of weeks two weeks a hmm. lot to go but I'm looking forward to what's gonna happen tomorrow night or tonight whenever you're listening to this MJS return uh he's got he's coming back with a loaded gun full of dirt on CM Punk can't uh, can't wait to see what we're gonna get now
0: i wonder what's gonna need to be cleared by tony now
2: or oh, right. what,
0: like just what is he gonna say because there's so much that he c- could say and there's yeah. so many things that are gonna be coming up and he's the best person on a mic in the business so it'll be interesting to hear what he does say i'm wanting to hear some sort of explanation of stokely and um, big Cass and the gun club and Ethan page is in that group too. I think Lee Moriarty was also with them as well. I get that they were kind of like afterthoughts and guys that like Silkley was like, Hey, you're not getting a fair shot and guys that said they wanted to quit or leave or whatever the hell. But um, I'm interested to see what they do with it, but just making sense of it. Um, that'd be interesting. And uh, yeah, I think he's going to do a great job. But I just wonder like, God, uh, uh, this is not the time when everyone is in their feelings, for him to have a life, Mike. <laughs> <like, it's> gonna- <laughs> yeah, Tony <don't, don't laughs> has to be stressed. Yeah, he's going to be very nervous of like, what is this guy going to say? Because um, oh, that's great. My God, it it makes an interesting listen, and it's going to be. I think they're going to get a lot of ratings uh, this week because of all this crazy shit that's gone on. You're going to get a bump anyways, because it's the show after a pay-per-view and then you have CM punk winning the belt again. You're going to have people watching, but then you're going to have another fan base. That's a little bit lapsed or hasn't been watching for a while just to see MJF come back and just to see how the fuck they address all this shit. Um, so I'm sure we'll hear something tonight, if not tomorrow morning regarding what's going on with some of these guys and what their status is. Um, If there's been suspensions, if there's been firing, if there's been what, um, there's a couple other things we wanted to go into real quick before we wrap up the show. I know we're running a little bit long, but it's been a crazy fucking week. Speaking of crazy, it seems like Bobby fish is criminally insane. Uh, some of his (laughs) Twitter activity the last couple of days has been very odd. And speaking of people who do not like CM Punk, I, he really took that kick it just really got, it really grinded his gears. Apparently like he's just talking about that a lot. Um, I don't know what the hell's going on with Bobby fish. I hope he's okay. Uh, Another guy that we hope is okay is Malachi black. Uh, There's been rumors of him asking for his release. Uh, There's been postings on his social media that alluded to uh, a deep depression and a breakup of some sorts. And you don't know if that's with, um, and his real life wife or is his back or is uh, AEW what's going on? There's uh, stories in the wrestling media that he did like a big bow and a group hug uh, after the show. He's been jobbed out in kind of goofy fashion lately. Um, even though it was kind of cool to see sting do the miss spot. I didn't hate it, but it does seem like there's something amiss with him and something's going on. I hope he's okay. Um, boy, you talk about a fuck up and a miss opportunity though. Yeah. Um, I mean, my God, I don't know if his back was fucked when he first came in against Cody, but boy, oh boy, that was someone who got ruined by uh, our worst wrestler of the year last year. <laughs>
2: <laughs> totally.
1: Yeah. And and then they just never did enough with him. And, and we don't know how much he was hindered by his that back injury, but it feels like it feels like if the back was the issue, he would have came out. And cleared up like, hey, I'm not mad at AEW, but he's been cryptic. I think it's a combination of things, probably his mental health a little bit. There was some rumors about, you know, some issues at home. I don't know what they could be, but you would think that if it was as simple as my back, you know, really derailed my career, he would have came out and said something. There's got to be more to it. I hope he ends up okay. Yeah. Um, and and you know what. I'm, I'm torn on if I think that he should have, if, if he did get offered his, or if he did ask for his release, part of me says, give it to him if he wanted it rather than just sending him home because wrestlers have a finite amount of time to do, to do this. And even if you're paying him to sit at home, that's not creatively fulfilling for a lot of these guys. And they're not going to have, he's not going to have a whole lot of time once this deals up because he signed a five-year deal. I believe when he joined. Ooh. So, hmm. so for four years for him to sit on the bench, essentially yeah. that doesn't seem fair. So hopefully he can get whatever he needs to cleared up and we'll get to see him back because wow, what a fumble that was. What a fumble Andrade's been hey um, and you know what I mean? You're, you you've, you've got a lot of great people on the roster and I hope that you don't continue to lose people in this manner because um, it's just a shame. I, I think that Malachi, we were really excited when he showed up. Yeah. And after that first Cody match, it was like, oh my god, this this is going to be an amazing run, and it's been mostly forgettable since then.
2: Yeah. Totally. Hopefully hopefully it gets better and well wishes to him, but it's scary to see where it's going to go.
0: Yeah. Poor guy. It's sad. Um, I hope he does well and gets the help he needs and uh, get some time away to uh, just be happy again and be healthy because he's fucking great. He's one of the best wrestlers that never got a full fair shot. Uh, that was a missed opportunity, a total botch on both companies, NXT and I think AEW as well. So hopefully he gets better. Um, all right. So on the lighter side or even I, I don't know how this could be a lighter side, but there was supposedly a rumor of uh, Velveteen Dream videotaping pee's oh, at yeah. EC3's house. That's the weirdest story that I heard that I thought was going to be the story that like, wow, that was a weird thing to talk about or like weird thing to happen. But uh, that happened. He's had a rough week too,
2: Velveteen Dream. Yeah, an arrest. And then this comes out in some EC3 podcast or (laughs) whatever interview. Uh, I thought we were done with the guy uh, for a while. And of course, he kind of showed his dirty face again. Well, I thought he was
0: going to come back. I thought he was going to be one of the guys that because Triple H is big on bringing some of these NXT guys and some of his old stars True. back. So I thought he was going to come back and I was like, okay, like, fuck, he looked great in the ring. And then you found out just some of the uh, immaturity and other uh, off the field activities, so to speak. Dark things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was disturbing to hear that. And then one last thing before we wrap up here. So uh, triple H just got a promotion today and is now the chief creator chief or chief content content officer or chief content creator or something like that but it's a fancy new title for himself and uh he's doing great right now in wwe so it's going to be interesting to see how this shit plays out and what his reputation is um you know in the months ahead if that's going to last or are we going to see more instances like the ariel promo and the interview where he just dismisses and rewrites history again
1: Yeah, he's well-deserving of the titling. I'll say that. He's already made the show so much better. Watchable. Killing it. Yeah, to enjoy. And as we're looking at what's going on in in the world of AEW, if worse came to worse, it's going to be a lot better going back to WWE than if Vince was still in charge or if they are just running a business as usual with him. Yeah. What was the uh, thing that you said? And you, you tweeted something, Chris, from the account of... You know, I don't know if his flavoring is chocolate or vanilla, whatever it was, but we like we like the same flavor that Triple H likes.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it was a nice little line he said. And it's just so funny that he th- there, there's such different flavors of ice cream, what he's serving versus what Vince, whatever the hell Vince thought he was serving. And this is such a logical product and glad to see that it's enjoyable again. And if we wanted to watch a pay-per-view you could and you wouldn't get car sick watching it and it would make sense and it wouldn't be dissatisfying i thought again maybe we would just talk on this show about them singing oasis at the end of the you know show that was something <laughs> Drew mcintyre losing and they just do a sing-along at the end although i did like tyson fury's like botched or uh like not letting was- austin theory cash in that was a sweet moment but it was a good moment yeah man. It was just that yeah, was I, such a different flavor. I was like, okay, this is different. This is an this is an interesting ending.
1: I do, I do love the idea of Theory just constantly trying to cash in and it getting getting messed up by somebody else yeah. or, or never being able to. Also, one other piece of news Tommaso Ciampa is back. He got That's his first nice. name back last night.
2: That's nice good. That Oh is my good. god. So was Braun Strowman. Eh,
1: That's... We were being positive sorry guys sorry i'll cut that sorry about that what
0: what if we get like a first name for bailey like her name is like gertrude Gertrude. (laughs) bailey (laughs) (laughs) last oh well all right well that's gonna wrap it up this week uh lots going on in the world of wrestling we're gonna have more content as this week comes out with uh stuff happening in aew there's a, a lot of news probably gonna drop So we'll have more to talk about on the show next week. So if you like what you heard today, please subscribe via Spotify or iTunes. Uh, Give us a five-star review to boot and then share us with our friends in the internet wrestling community. As mentioned, wrestling has celebrated its one year anniversary. We'd like to thank every single person who has spent time on the website, looking at our articles, reading our uh, commentary and taking a look at our star ratings. We appreciate your support. If you also want to support us, please follow us on social media at Wrestling Elitist Podcast, on Twitter, and on Instagram. If you have a question you want us to address on the show, why don't you give us an email at our names at Wrestling Elitist at gmail.com, that is. So that's going to be it for the show today. Thank you so much for your support. And as always, Rick Rude will send us home.
2: Hit the music.